What's up, thickies, thickers, thicketeers? Few housekeeping notes for you. LA, this freaking Wednesday, shop and friends. We got Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, Jeff Dye, Asana Ma, Chappelle, Lacey, myself. One show only, 8 p.m. at the Hollywood Improv in LA, 8 p.m. 30 tickets are left, so get them before they're gone. Then Sacramento, California, Sacramento Punchline is February 24th through the 26th at the Punchline in Sacktown, one of my favorite clubs. Just announced now is Nashville, Tennessee, March 10th through the 12th at Zany's in Nashville. Then Chicago just got added. Chicago, baby, March 24th through the 26th. Dust off your freaking Sammy Sosa jerseys of Ryan Sandberg, and let's do this goddamn thing. Tickets at thickboy.com. You can get Supercast there as well. All my free content, um, ad-free we just launched Cats After Dark, and we got all of it. You just go to thickboy.com. you see premium content. Click on that. Get you some merch. Tickets are there as well. It's a one-stop shop now, thickboy.com. Oh, man, Super Speciosha. We're talking about Kratom, kids. We're talking about Kratom. It's an all-natural herb related to a coffee plant that's been used in Thailand forever. We're talking about centuries, son. Centuries they've been using this stuff. Kratom helps energize your mind and relax your body. All right? It just helps you feel good, man. Without any weird side effects, I use it every show. Chin uses it every show. Look at Chin. Look at Chin. He's sniffing some right now. Super Super Speciosa has only one ingredient. We're talking about pure Kratom leaf. Listen, if you've ever wanted to try Kratom, you've heard me talk about Kratom, you got to get it from a trustworthy source. It's kind of like CBD. It's the Wild West, man. But you got to get it, and you need all straight, pure Kratom leaf. And that's why I allow Super Speciosha on this freaking show, because I trust them. I use it, all right? Um, I recommend the green strains. They're the most popular for a reason. You have 100% satisfaction back, guaranteed, all right? If you don't, If you're not happy with it, you get your money back, all right? So try Kratom right now. Get 20% off. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash Shab, S-C-H-A-U-B, and get 20% off with the promo code Shab. That's GetSuperLeaf.com slash Shab. Use the promo code Shab for 20% off. If you ever want to try Kratom, you can trust Super Speciosha. It's what I use. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash Shab. Ride through the city like Brennan Shaw. I'm on a mission to get it all. Ride through the city like Brennan Shaw. If you ain't thick, please don't get involved. And now, Brendan Thick Boy Shaw. Yeah, I'm good, Chin. What's up? Monday morning, February 7th. It is going to be the thickest week ever for your boy. Hashtag no days off. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, wasn't planned like that. It's just sometimes uh, you have a huge UFC, you have the Super Bowl, and you have guys in town, and you just got to get the crew together, and everybody has to hustle. Your boys work in literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Super Bowl Sunday. No days off. I do like to be busy, but Jesus Christ. Uh, just to give you a little rundown of the schedule, a little glimpse into my chaotic life on top of being a father is, uh, today we have the shop show and we have fighter and the kid tomorrow. We have King in the sting with a very special guest Wednesday. We have fighter and the kid Thursday. We have a food truck with a very special guest who's in town for the Super Bowl. And then I'm also doing uh, another big show that's not part of Thick Boy Network outside of this 
Friday, we have a food truck and a classic fight companion with a very close and special guest. Saturday, we have the fight companion for UFC 271, Izzy Stylebender Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker 2. And we have the whole crew there, Callan, Dalia, special guest, special guest. So that'll be a big one. Then Sunday, we have a Super Bowl companion, but it is very different than what you're used to. This will be at a different location with some big boys involved, some big guests. And I'll announce that as we get closer. Uh, that is a Thick Boy production. Also collabing with an even bigger production. Uh, but it won't be at Thick Boy. It will be at this crazy environment. So I'm looking forward to that, man. So when I say work, it is work. But it's also I got the best gig in the world. So I'm excited for this week, man. And the team, we just got to buckle down. I told these boys the real, the start of Thick Boy, uh, the journey starts January 1st. Because prior to that, I was on a Showtime and, you know, we do a vlog or, you know, something on Thick Boy. But really, when moving all the shows over and you got a network and then we just launched, launched Cats After Dark. If you haven't seen that, it's available right now on Thick Boy. So Cats After Dark. It was a show that was on Patreon uh, years a year ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, maybe. A couple of years ago. And it's all the King This Thing alumni. You got Chin on there. You got Cat on there. You got Backflip Lacey on there. You got Meatball. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. So, and then special guests. Like and then obviously thing. Nick Davis, the producer okay. who I love. And uh, that's available. So this first one we gave you guys. And then moving forward, you'll half of it will be on Thick Boy. The other half... Uh, will be exclusively on Supercast. So to sign up for the Supercast, really easy. All you got to do is go to thickboy.com. You'll see a link for premium content. Go there. You're off to the races. You have every show I do ad-free. You have bonus content on there. My new vlogs go on there. The rest of Cats After Dark goes on there. There's a bunch of cool content on there. So go check it out, man. And uh, yeah, we're rolling, baby. We are rolling. I was at Atlanta over the weekend. ATL, shout out to ATL. Uh, freezing. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It was freaking freezing out there. When you think like dirty south, you don't really think of cold. Dude, It. I haven't been that cold. I don't know how long. Couldn't tell you how long. This is us. Um, <laughs> so, so sober. <laughs> <laughs> It's thick. The water's overflowing. The water's overflowing. My favorite comment is Chappelle. Where are the bubbles at, though? Hey, where are the bubbles at? <laughs> Not the bubbles, just three grown men in a bathtub, dog. So the, the Airbnb stayed in Buckhead. So the Airbnb had this, it was a great Airbnb, had this gorgeous pool and hot tub. And then, uh, you know, I've always wanted to try... Uh, Oh, this is funny. Um, someone said, I hope that's not ketchup with the wings. Where's the ranch? I don't do ranch, any of that shit. Again, I was already, you know, cheating on my carnivore diet, which I haven't cheated on at all. And, uh, you know, you hear about Magic City and their wings, and uh, I'm not going to go. I don't need to be in that environment. <laughs> so I ordered from Postmates. But um, I couldn't wait to get off stage and order it. Dude, just for 50 wings, it was... $115 for 15 wings. 
And then I got the uh, pork, or no, I'm sorry, the lamb chops. I mean, a lot of lamb right now on this carnivore, carnivore diet. Um, and so I got the the lamb chops as well. Those are the best lamb chops I've ever had in my life, hands down. For a cheat meal, it had like this A1 homemade sauce with the Lou Williams, uh, like weird honey mustard hot sauce. My word, dude. My word. It was fantastic. This is interesting, though. So the original post said, check one off the thick boy bucket list. If Lou Williams can risk his NBA career on some chicken wings, I can cheat on my diet. Yeah, I don't think I'm that famous in any facet. Wouldn't consider myself a celebrity in any facet. Not even remotely close. I don't even think people will see this stuff. I really do it for my friends and for the fans coming to the shows and it's off the Atlanta thing. So I posted Lee Lou Williams and I didn't know uh, my boy who uh, helps me with social media was going to tag him. And then Lou Williams sees it goes, y'all need to stop with this narrative. Never risk my career for wings. Please stop respectfully. So he's cool. Go. Yeah. So good. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, my Batman DM'd him. We're all good. The fans lit him up, though. Oh. I want to be like, dude, just, just be cool, man. You know? Mm. Uh, he didn't risk his career for that. It, remember, they were in the uh, the bubble, and he went to a funeral. And after the funeral, his, they have, literally, they named the wings after him. I, I don't know if he eats it so much or he created the recipe. I don't know what. But so he went there to eat after the funeral. It, you know, that's all this is. It's not a risk. Clearly a joke, Mr. Lou. Clearly a joke. Hell of a player. A lot of love for you, man. And your wings, dude, I would have risked my career for those wings. So in Atlanta, I fucked with them on this. In Atlanta, you know if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings or certain places, the wings are real fat and big. I hate them when they're too big. It's almost like a fucking medieval times, like turkey. Like, I don't like that. So to, for more taste, they have them smaller. And man, those wings are smaller. They're... They are fan- now, are they better than JT's in Arizona? Oof, I'd have to have JT's right away, but I, I would say no, but they're fucking up there, man. Now, $105 plus delivery fee? Come on, Magic City. Now, I assume when you're there and you have titties in your face and a thong, they're even better. But I've told this story before. You know why they don't, uh, like Rick Ross and them wanted dry rub lemon pepper? Because they want to be at strip club and still be able to grab masses. Mm-hmm. So you can't have hot wing sauce over your hands. They came up with the dry rub. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant. So yeah, man. So shout out to Atlanta, Magic City. Shout out to that hot tub. Um, it was a it was a grand old time. Went to the, a mall there. Um, I forget the name of the mall. Dude, I've never seen more security in my life. We walked in. It was 30 security guards. Like, And I don't mean like, you know those mall security where like, dude, if something breaks out, you guys are fucked. Yeah. There was a few of those guys, this small white guy. You don't have a gun. He goes, no, go, dude, that has to be stressful. So there's secu- like, I'm saying like presidential fucking security everywhere. AR 15s. There's dogs. And I'm like, is there something going down here? I don't know about. Then one of the guys was a fan. He's like, be shot. What are you doing here? Man? Like, oh, I'm on tour. I said, Hey man, let me ask you something. What the fuck's up with all the security? Goes, oh, you don't know. You don't know about this mall? No. It was the nicest mall I've ever had. Gucci, Louis Vuitton, St. Laurent, all, you know, dope food court, all the written, like, nice mall. Nice mall. And he goes, oh, no, there's shootings every week here, man. What? And he goes, we, he, he goes, the boys are slitting throats in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, oh, check, please. Check, please. In the mall. I don't need a fly outfit this bad. I'm out. It was nuts. Nuts. Atlanta was great. 
Punchline Atlanta, fantastic club. I usually play a theater out there. I play the Bucket Theater. I just love getting in reps. I love clubs. That club, it's a smaller club. Feels like a strip club. It's next to a diner. So it's just this cool, like, I don't know, like grungy, grungy vibe. I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, let's get to the fights. We had a big fight weekend. The UFC has been edging us for weeks now before this big pay-per-view UFC 271, which I cannot wait for, which we'll get into. But prior to this, you had a big fight in the middleweight division because you had Sean Strickland who, um, you know, told you guys I'm a huge fan of this kid. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve. I think he's one of the few that actually speaks how he actually feels for good or bad not that i agree with him every time especially on a lot of stuff but at the end of the day at least he's authentic i don't think it's a bit i don't think it's preconceived i think he just shoots and fires from the hip which i appreciate can get you in trouble obviously uh very good friend joe rogan is dealing with that right now and i would love to get into that and i'm i will do i'm firing the kid get them have my thoughts on there i think it's hilarious these comedians the actors staying quiet when he Helped them out so much and now they're complete bitches, but we'll get to that later. Don't get me started right now. I just want to talk about fighting. Let's take a little break for me ranting about God knows what, because man, the NFL season is coming to an end, but it's going out with a big bang. We're talking about the Super Bowl this Sunday. Watch it. Watch the Super Bowl companion Thick Boy with my special guests, but also make money with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Super Bowl 56, all right? And they have a super offer for new customers. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team, bet just $5 or more, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. I think the Rams are going to win, but I'm not mad if Cincy does, but I do root for the Rams. Betting on MMA is more of your thing. Cool. DraftKings Sportsbook also has tons of ways to bet Saturday's big UFC 271 fight card in Houston. It's going down Saturday. So you can make bank on Saturday at UFC 271. You can make bank on Sunday. All right. With the Super Bowl. All right. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code SHAB, S-C-H-A-U-B. Bet just $5 or more on either Super Bowl 56 team and get 280 in free bets if they win. That's promo code SHAB at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports player partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 if you're still listening. Download DraftKings app right now, promo code SHOP to bet on the Super Bowl and UFC 271. Listen, man, I was just in Atlanta and I noticed one thing. A lot of your bros are losing your hair, man. A lot of your dudes losing your hair. Yep, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. That's my demo, 8236 bros. More than 50 million bros will suffer from male pattern baldness. My brother is. Not a big deal. Told me to get on keeps, man. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. 
All right, it's convenient, virtual doctor. Um, all right, the medication is delivered straight to your door every three months, so you don't have to leave your crib. Low cost, treatment starts just $10 per month, keeps offers generic versions, discreet little package, shows up, proven results, so you know you're good. You also don't need to give away your secret while you're looking like Fabio in a few months, man. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act right now, to be honest. If you're ready to take action, prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash shop. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-C-H-A-U-B to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash shop to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash shop. Uh, so with Sean Strickland, I'm a huge fan. Uh, we'll get him on the show out here. But he, uh, you know, he's won six in a row now in the middleweight division. Listen, if Izzy gets past Robert Whitaker, which I think he will, and I'll get into that uh, UC 271 card after this, but if if Izzy were to get past Whitaker, there's not a lot of formal opponents, man. There's just not a lot going on there that gets you excited. Sean Strickland gets me a little excited. You know, I don't think he can go toe-to-toe talent-wise with Izzy, but he, you know, with Sean Strickland, no one's really figured him out, man. No one really has figured him out. He can stick behind a jab, and his jab's fantastic. You know, I people, no one solved this puzzle. I think it's hilarious the judges gave it a split decision. In what fucking world was that a split decision? I mean, this was a easily, you know, 50-46 fight. Easily. I mean, if you want to get 49-46, I guess, and, and no disrespect to Jack the Joker Hermanson, but uh, he just got outclassed. I thought Sean Strickland, his jab was brilliant. Um, I think for a guy that's trying to get to where he's going, which is, I assume, being a world champion, you need these type of fights. Jack Herm- Hermanson is no punk. He's a very, very good fighter. He's a guy, you know, who's coming off a big win off of Shabazian, and, you know, that's no punk either. So Hermanson is no joke, man. So to get the ring time in there, five minutes, and dominate, and really, let's say you lost one round, but to win four to one, these are the steps you need to get to the world championship level. I actually like this for Sean Strickland's career. I know he's very hard on himself during the post-fight interview. Um, I think a little bit of that is him listening to social media and listening to his critics. And I think you want to get out there and put on a fantastic fight and knock this guy out. And I get all that. And that's why we love him. But as a fan of Sean Strickland, wanting to see him achieve what he's set out to do you need fights like this i can't have you go out there and starch everybody uh especially on a five five uh fight win streak these are good for you sean this being in there with a veteran a beast in jack hermanson and outclass them for fucking 25 minutes is it's just it's an investment man it's like you invested it's like you invest in crypto right right now it's cut in half it's a long-term play it's gonna bounce back this is a long-term play. You invest in your career. You went five rounds. You totally outclass them. Nobody can break, can figure out this Rubik cube that is Sean Strickland at middleweight. Six wins in a row. You know how hard it is to win six fucking fights in a row in the UFC? He's beat good guys too, man. He's not like he's being scrubs. He's being quality opponents. He's outclassing them. His jab is filthy. You know, Uriah Hall, it's a tough puzzle to figure out. He beat him. Jotko, tough guy. Brendan Allen, super tough. So, you know, he has three decisions in a row right now, but I think Sean Strickland is one of these guys that people are gravitating towards right now in a world full of just smoke and mares, bullshit, fake news, 
Sean Strickland, for good or bad, is going to give you what he thinks, and it's refreshing. I think the world needs it. I think that's why he's a fan favorite right now. And I don't think a title shot is next for him. I think after beating Jack Hermanson, and really he hasn't had any issues in his last you know six fights. So now now it's time to put your money where your mouth is, and you can get the big boy big fights. You know I could easily see for him uh, a Marvin Vittori, and to be honest, if, if I'm matchmaker, I go Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa interesting versus Sean Strickland is a fantastic fight. The buildup's fantastic. I just think. Um, as a fan of Sean Strickland, I think he can beat Paulo Costa. I don't think he finishes him, but I think he beats him a uh, decision. Um, and even Marvin Vittori, depends what they want to do. Marvin at two is tough. I think the winner of Jared, Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson, gets a title shot, especially if Derek were to win that fight. I really think if Derek Brunson wins that fight, he gets the title shot. Um, that's obviously this weekend. So, you know, I think Sean Strickland is a little too hard on himself. You know, I know he wants to go out there and please the fans and, you know, be on Sports Center, top 10, stuff like that. But this stuff is good for you, man. This stuff is good for you. It's like, uh, there's going to be a lot of NFL references today, but there's like, it's like, you know, in the NFL, like you want those, those close games where, you know, even though you might have been up 21 to nothing, they came back and that's the fourth quarter. You got to put together a two minute drive. You want those challenges before you get to the playoffs. And this is all this is. That was a challenge. He's going to get to the playoffs. And when he gets to the playoffs, you're getting Costa, you're getting Vittori, you got Izzy there, you got Jared Cannonier, you got Jeff Brunson. So, Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson, my friend Jeff Brunson, uh, <laughs> good buddy. Shout out to Jeff Brunson. But you got Derek Brunson. So, you know, you got the dogs are waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sean Strickland's a tough guy to figure out. But I thought this was good for him. I really do. I think this is absolutely perfect for him. And, the steps he's going to, and hopefully can afford uh, some new blinds in his apartment. <laughs> you know, I love seeing that stuff though. He's just a fighter's fighter, man. I can't, I became the biggest fan of him when we played the video. I've always been a fan of him, but I became the biggest fan when uh, that guy was like road raging with him. And he was like, dude, I'm down to fight. No, no weapons, no guns, <laughs> no, guns. Yep. no guns. I love that, yeah. man. That's how it should be. Exactly. A man uses these, not these. Anybody can pull that. But to be like, dude, I'm down. Like, you have an issue. Let's do it. Old school shit, man. Guy shit. I love that, dude. We need more Sean Strickland's in the world, you know? So, yeah, I think he, he's going to get a big boy next. And then once the UFC gets the marking machine behind him, you know, it's off to the races for Sean Strickland. And I wonder if they're going to try and clip his wings as far as what he says and shit like that. It doesn't seem like they're doing that. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. I think, you know, if you were to become champ, you know, you don't want your champ being like, you know, I want to kill a guy in there and stuff like that. You know, they usually frown upon that. <laughs> but, you know, you know what you're getting with them, mm-hmm. which I love. I absolutely love. There was a nasty um, submission. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll show you right around here. Dennis Bondar. Or Bondar. I will just play this clip right here. So it wasn't even a submission. It was more of a. We have like a wizard underhook. They call him Flash Gordon? No. That's a shame. The scream in pain out of 
Oh, that's dislocated, not broken. Not going to be fun, though. Definitely no. sorted. And out. I heard that this guy came off of like two years from an injury ah, and just got this happened to him. Ah, or just had this happen that's to him. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's so they bummer. said they called it sort of like he was going for an arm bar. Huh. And I then right when he pushed there. him to the fence, that's when that's it popped. That's when it popped. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's not fun. That's pretty nasty. Yeah. That's a dislocation. I don't think it's broke. Definitely strained the ligaments, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, the ligaments are on their wits end. Popping there. out. Yeah, but uh, overall, it was, it was good for Sean Strickland. Fan of Sean Strickland, you want that stuff. You don't want a guy just starching everybody. Mm. It's kind of like when, uh, with Anthony Joshua. Maybe starching everybody. Then we fought Klitschko, that made one of the, I think, top three heavyweight boxing matches of all time. And remember, you know, he's kind of doing his thing. Again, it is an older Klitschko, and he's doing it, and then he gets fucking dropped and then pops back up, and then they have the back and forth, and he beats him. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's tough for me to invest in a fighter when they've never faced adversity. It's tough for me to go all in on a guy who's never been sat down and who's never been humbled. It's very, very tough to invest in that fighter. And uh, I, I, th- I think it's good, man. I think certain steps where you have to look at yourself in the mirror and recalculate because you learn nothing when you're just starching people. I'm telling you, man, you learn absolutely nothing. You learn nothing. As a fighter, you got to have those days where you're like, all right, well, that didn't work exactly how we thought, and go back to the drawing board. Because when you start, it's like, I guess we just keep doing what we're doing. We, we It worked. And then, and then you're going to run into somebody where it doesn't work, and you should have fixed those things four fights ago. But you can't because you never learn anything. They run to a guy who you can't starch, you know? Mm. And sometimes you're at such a high level where it's impossible to fix those mistakes, and you're trying to, but then they throw you this guy. Trust me, I know from personal experience. I was starching dudes, starching dudes, starching dudes. And then they're like, here's Noguera. And we're like, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And then he doesn't fall right away. And he's in the pocket. And then you lose. And then it's like, all right, we got to change some things up. But you're at a certain level where there's no going back. And then UFC goes, well, here's Ben Rothwell. I guess I'll see if these changes we made in camp work against a guy who's 40 fights more experienced than me. And then then you lose to him and then it's like you know then it's where do you go from there you know but but if that if that stuff would happen earlier in my career you can make those changes and you're at a level where you can try it out you know you can try it out you can try new material out um because you don't want to do it during a special because you don't know if the new material is going to work so that's all this is it's, it's good for sean Strickland. i think you'd watch that and go fuck i have a really good jab i can win just off a jab if i have to just off footwork if i have to it's good for him. Uh, so you have UFC 271 this Saturday. We have a fight companion with Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, myself, and a very special guest, potentially two special guests. Uh, I love this card, man. From top to bottom, I absolutely love this card. You know, I'll see the the big boys at the top. You got Izzy versus Robert Whitaker, too. Uh, Robert Whitaker, since that loss, has gone on for, you know, Again, he learned from that fight. He's talked about, you know, what happened going into that fight, and he's made some changes. And, you know, um, it's proofs in the pudding. You look at his last three fights um, since his loss to Izzy, he's definitely fighting smarter, more strategic, um, and, and it's paying off for him. You know, I think, again, I'm going to correlate this back to football. You know how tough it is to beat the same team twice? Look at the odds of being the same team twice. It's not good. 
It's very, it's very tough to do because you create a game plan that team sees the game plan and then they can't go with the same game plan than the second game. They got to make adjustments because that team is going to be ready to beat that original game plan. So you both have to make adjustments. So you get a different fight. So for Izzy, I would say this is his toughest challenge at middleweight. I'll say at light heavyweight, Jan was a very difficult challenge. We'll get to that. But I think for Robert Whitaker, he knows what Izzy's going to do. We know what Izzy's going to do. The X factor here is what is Robert Whitaker going to do? And he's made changes in his camp, and we've seen it in his last three fights where he is a more strategic, better fighter. And I, I heard Robert Whitaker in uh, other interviews say, you know, I think Jan Blokovic kind of gave the blueprint on how to beat Izzy. I think he's making a huge mistake thinking that his game plan at middleweight will work the same as it worked for Jan Blokovic, who walked around at 240 pounds. I think he's making a huge mistake if he thinks that he's going to have the same success on takedowns that Jan Blokovic had at 240 pounds against a lighter Izzy. I think he's making a mistake if he thinks, oh, all you got to do is the, the, it's out. The cat's out of the bag. You got to get Izzy down the middle of the cage. Uh, you know, you got to wait for Izzy, make him come to you. That's what Jan did. I, I got to make sure I don't take him down against the cage because he's really good at wall uh, crawling or he's good at d- defending the takedown against the cage. I get all that, and I realize Jan had success with that. Nobody in the middleweight division is Jan Blakovich. None of you are, not even remotely close. You don't have the same skill set. You don't have the same power. You don't have the same power in your hands. That scares Izzy. You don't have the same control. You don't have the same demeanor. You don't have the same, and biggest of all, star this, size advantage. That fight was a size advantage thing. And I think it's weird that people criticize Izzy for shooting for the fucking moon, trying to beat a young Blakovich who's a giant man, who is a nightmare of a matchup for Izzy. And he failed. He failed, and there's nothing wrong with that. But now Izzy critics think they've seen a hole in his game and want to go, oh, all you got to do is take him down the middle of the cage, and then all you got to do is wait for him to come to you. I think it's easier said than done. And also, for Robert Witter's camp, if you don't think his team's looking at that and going, okay, this is what they think we're going to do, okay, this, this is what they think the holes are, are in our game, if you don't think they're working on that, if you don't think he realizes that you guys are going to try to implement the same game plan, you're out of your mind. There's a reason why he's a three-time world champion at middleweight, and he's going for his fourth def- defense of the title, man. You don't get to that level without having the highest IQ possible in the game. And not only are you are dealing with IQ of Izzy, you're dealing with the IQ of his team. That would be pretty fucking good. We can list off the alumni on his team, and they're all monsters, man. And they all function at a very, very high level. So what I a little red flag for me is Robert Whitaker's team going, I think the cat's out of the bag. You take him down in the middle of the octagon. You don't try and take him down against the cage. You wait for him to come to you. Okay. Okay. And I do, you know, Robert Whitaker talked about the pressure of being champ and, you know, and that stuff and being a father and, and dealing with all that. And, and I do understand that. I do think he's looked better in his past three. I do think this would be a much different fight. I think it's be a hell. I think it's be as fire of the year written all over it. I really do. 
Uh, it could go to a decision. I think, you know, Izzy does drop him, but I think the will and the power of Robert Whitaker, he's going to get back to his feet. I don't know if he gets finished. If he does, it's the biggest accomplishment in Izzy's career because, again, we know what Izzy's going to do, and his team's obviously going to make adjustments because Robert Whitaker's talking about, you know, takedowns and take him down center of the octagon. It's easier said than done. But I do think Izzy's going to get the very, very best version of Robert Whitaker. I think he's going to an absolute hell of a fight in Robert Whitaker. But I, I do think Izzy rises to the challenge because you'll notice, and there's another gentleman on this card who also has an issue with this. When your champ, heavy lies the crown. Frank Maris talked about this. Ronda Rousey's talked about this. Uh, Shane Carwin. You, all these other champions have talked about how when you're a champion, everyone's getting for you and you have other you know, outlets and you got to do interviews and marketing and you're the face of this. It's just a different trajectory. It's a different kind of path than the rest of the, the UFC roster. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of mental warfare. There's a lot of pressure on you. Certain guys do fantastic with it. They really do. Certain guys eat this up. Kamal Usman, I think Francis, if they mark him right, would deal with it right. Um, and he is dealing with it right. You know, you look at Volkanovsky, you look at certain champions who who they they can deal with it mentally better than anybody else. A Chuck Liddell did, a Randy Couture, Anderson Silva, a GSP, probably the best. He didn't let any of it get to him. They can compartmentalize. They can put it over here and deal with the pressure. Certain guys can't. And Robert Wick has said that it's very difficult for him. He doesn't do well with all the pressure. And that's fine. And I actually think the pressure is not even remotely on Robert Whitaker for this fight. All the pressure on is on Izzy. But if you ask Izzy, he wouldn't want it any other way. You're talking about a guy that walks out with, you know, B-boy dancers and has those infamous walkouts, you know, uh, uh, the tribute to his African heritage and all that stuff. You're talking about a guy when the camera's on, flourishes and is the best version of himself. Certain guys aren't the best version of themselves when the lights are on. It's a fucking good version and they can beat 99% of the world, but they can't beat the, the, the tip of the spear guys like an Izzy. And it goes to the same thing goes for this co-main event in Derek Blackbeast Lewis against Taito Avasa. I absolutely love this fight. If you remember after Derek Lewis's last fight and Taito Avasa's, I said, this is the fight to make. I would love to see this fight. It doesn't make sense when you look at the rankings. It doesn't make any sense in the world. It just makes sense from an entertainment standpoint. And it also makes sense for Taito Avasa to shit or get off the pot in regards to being a world beater, right? So if you're a Taito Avasa fan, which they're going to be a bigger fan. I've done a shoey with him. I swallowed his loogie. <laughs> I feel sick talking about it right now. But I've done a shoey with the infamous Taito Avasa. I fucking love that guy. But for Taito Avasa ranked 11 to catapult all the way and fight a number three is a big jump. And this is the UFC trying to figure things out because with Derek Lewis, you know, uh, two fights ago against Cyril Ghosn in his hometown. And I, I think the UFC made a mistake here because they didn't realize what brings out the best of Derek Lewis, putting a fight in his hometown, putting all the pressure on him, having to fight a Cyril Ghosn. He even said, I, I don't like the pressure. I don't like fighting five rounds. I don't like when all the eyeballs are on me. I don't like any of that shit. So the best version of Derek Lewis is not 
when he's fighting the top of the spear guys, the Francis's, the Steve Bays, when he's fighting those monsters, the Cyril Guns, it, he, he's, you're getting a different version of Derek Lewis, man. He doesn't like being the main event, but co-main event Derek Lewis, the Derek Lewis that doesn't have to worry about doing a million interviews and carrying the belt around and all that pressure, a co-main event Derek Lewis for three rounds might be the best heavyweight on the planet. But that's not the way the business is structured. If you want to be the best, you'll be able to fight five rounds when all the chips are stacked against you, when all the eyeballs are on you. He doesn't like that. That's fine. But anybody not named Siragon, Stipe, or Francis, ranked fucking three or under, ain't beating Derek Lewis, man. It's a nightmare of a fucking matchup because he shows up. Because that same pressure isn't there. He can be himself. And boy, you know, I think I do think Francis hits harder, but fuck, Derek Lewis is right fucking there, man. And when you look at the styles of Derek Lewis and Tai Tuovasa, there's no other way to put it. It's cliche. You're talking about two knockout artists. If this fight goes to decision, I will freak the fuck out. There's not a chance. Tai Tuovasa has that no fucks giving gene in his body Derek lewis has that but it's a little more calculated he definitely has it but it's more calculated uh and the odds rightfully so to me take your coin and flip it up in the air and that's who you should bet on Derek lewis minus 180 tied to Vasa 155 these are the odds maker flipping the coin like Derek lewis has a little more power like if this is a video game Derek lewis power 10 tied to Vasa 9.5 whoever lands first Whoever's going to take the risk, they can't trade one for one because you can get a double knockout. It's, it's whoever kind of, you know, gets there and implements somewhat of a game plan and lands that first big bomb. And Derek Lewis has been in those big fights. This is a huge jump up for Tai Tuovasa. I'm rooting for him. My God, am I rooting for him. But all the UFC is doing, this is what the UFC is doing. All right, Derek doesn't be main event. Derek's never going to be our champ, most likely. If Francis leaves, he could be if he gets over this kind of, you know, mental issue with being the champ and the pressure and all that stuff. So he might be champ. But also, when you look at Tai Tuovasa and Derek Lewis, they're on completely different sides of the earth. One's from New Zealand. One's from fucking Houston. One's a black guy. One's fucking, what is he, Polynesian, New Zealand, whatever they are over there. Both thick boys. You got two (laughs) thick boys from different parts of the world. They're... They're the same guy. They're the same guy. Skill-wise, power-wise, I give Derek a little bit of advantage. Time of the greatest knockout artists we've seen. But still, they're kind of the same guy. Now, Derek has fought better competition, but the UFC's tried their shot at making him champ. The interim belt, right? Francis, Cyril, he's fought everybody. Ty hasn't fought everybody. So I, I'm assuming the UFC matchmakers go, all right, if Ty wins, we'll just plug him at three. They're the same guy. We just we know he's not going to take guys down. We know he's not going to you know be a boring decision unless it's Francis, and that was a whole another ordeal. But we know you know certain things that he's going to get it done. So I think you know for Ty, it's kind of shit off the pot time because you look at his record. You know who's who's the best guy that he's beat. It's tough. You know, he fought a vet and Andre Orlovsky went to decision. That was a close fight. He lost to Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos. 
He lost to Ivanov. What, I don't know what happened to him. He lost to Ivanov. He lost to Sergey. Um, you know, Stefan, Stefan Struve, but we know Stefan Struve, one foot out the, one giant leg out the door. <laughs> um, the Greg Hardy fight. Okay. Sakai, you know, tough guy, no doubt, knocked him out. So this is them, you know, trying to, trying to figure out if they can, you know, put stock in tie to Avasa. It's the biggest jump up and he's, he hasn't passed that test yet. That Junior Dos Santos, they're tr- huge. That would have been his, you know, quick pass to a uh you know be in the top five he didn't pass that so he's gone on to win some fights now and now this is their second attempt to be like all right if Derek Lewis loses it again you know we know he doesn't he doesn't want to be that champion material maybe tied to a Vasa's guy they're the same guy one knocks everybody out the other knocks everybody out one's great on the mic the other's great on the mic one does shoeys the other just gives fire fucking promos we can market it at all so this is what they're doing this is what they're doing. They're the same guy. Um, then the third fight on the card is a banger. Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson. I love Derek Brunson. He's been on food truck. Blonde Derek Brunson is a motherfucker. He wants that rematch with Izzy. I do think he's a different fighter. He Derek's a guy who's been fighting forever. If you're a Jorge Masvidal fan, I think a lot of Jorge's fan base obviously comes from him with these huge fights and starching dudes and get on the mic and, you know, three piece in a soda or what the hell he said. Brunton is the same thing, but he's not, you know, of Cuban descent from Miami, but Brunton has been fighting for fucking ever. And he's one of the good guys that you want to see win. you want to see him get a huge payday. He, he he's he's one of the guys that have been doing this from the ground up, man. He's been fighting. When was his first fight, Chin? In and the he, dude, no. Oh, first fight, first fight, dude. He's fought everybody. Pro twenty ten. So he's been fighting for twelve years, and you're talking. He fought in uh, World Extreme Fighting. He was in Strike Force Challengers forever, and then he got to the UFC in 2012. So he's been ten fights in the UFC. He's fought Chris Lieben, beat him. Yoel Romero, Lorenz Larkin, he beat him. Ed Herman beat him. Sam Alvey beat him. Uh, Uri Hall beat him. Lost to Robert Whitaker. Lost to Anderson Silva, although that lost to Anderson Silva was dicey. Some people think he won. He beat Machida off uh, punches. He lost to Jock Ray. Lost to Izzy. He beat uh, the Dime Piece in Theodoro. He beat Ian Heinish. He beat Shabazian, who's, you know, especially at the time, was a fucking mm-hmm. monster. He beat Kevin Holland, who's a monster. He beat Darren Till, you know? So it's just like you root for these guys, man. He's earned it. And I'm not saying Jared Cannonier hasn't. You're talking about a guy who fought at fucking heavyweight. Um, you know, he's been fighting since 2011. So you're ta- talking about two good dudes. You know, at heavyweight, he fought fucking Sean Jordan, which is insane. Um, he fought Glover, he lost to Jan, lost to Dominic Reyes, beat David Branch, beat Anderson Silva with the leg kicks. Uh, he beat Jack Hermerson, he beat, uh, he lost to Robert Whitaker. So he beat Calvin Gaslam, which is impressive. The thing about this though, is he fought, um, Robert Whitaker two years ago. So I don't think if Cannonier wins, um, he's going to get a title shot, especially if Robert Whitaker will be able to pull this off. You're not going to do that rematch. You're just not. You're just not. You know, if Robert Whitaker to win, Izzy automatically gets a, a rubber match. You'd have to. So I think if Robert Whitaker loses, Izzy wins, your next fight is probably most likely 
going to be Jeff uh, or Derek Brunson. Um, and you know, for, for Whitaker, it's back to the drawing board. You know, I'm just, I do have my reservations about people going, especially Robert Whitaker's camp going, no blue, blue blueprints out how to beat Izzy. Easier said than done, man. Robert Wicker does have a wrestling background. I think that surprised a lot of people. He came up in Australia being a hell of a wrestler. I want to see, was he on the national team, Jen? The boy can fucking wrestle, though. Also, one of my favorite nicknames, Bobby Knuckles. So Wicker began, began competing in uh, freestyle wrestling, um, turned up to compete in the Australia Cup. He won each of his three bouts. Um, he was also at the 2015 Australia Cup. Whitaker flagged possibility uh, of representing Australia in the Olympics. Okay, he returned to wrestling in May uh, and claimed the Australian National Wrestling Championship gold medal. So the boy can fucking wrestle. That's at 213 pounds. Some monsters there. After winning the national championship, Whitaker earned Australia's 2018 Commonwealth Games. Um, he would once again claim first place in the division. This motherfucker can wrestle. Yeah, so he, he stepped away from wrestling just to compete in the UFC. And then he was going to compete in the Commonwealth Games in 2018, but Whitaker was forced <laughs> to withdraw from the Games less than three weeks from the event in order to not risk being stripped of the UFC championship title. That's ridiculous. Mm. UFC was concerned that injury uh, uh, that an injury occurred during the Commonwealth Games would render him unable to compete. That sucks. That's a bummer. Yep. I I knew he wrestled. I, 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 you know, I know there's talks about him being on the national team. I didn't know he's a fucking monster. So yeah, you you his team obviously is like, all right, homeboy can wrestle. It's very rare he uses it. If we can get Izzy down the center octagon, I just middleweight. You're talking about different animal, man. I know everyone's looking at that 205 slip up that he had with Jan. I think you're making this a, a big mistake. You can have your hands full. And as far as you, you forcing Izzy come to you, Izzy ain't stupid. Izzy has the best IQ in middleweight division, damn near of all time. He's up there. And Silva's right there with him. But Izzy, as far as creativity, getting things done, it's just easier said than done, man. But people want to talk shit about his, you know, his aspiration to become the 205 champ. That you're just talking almost a different game. And I think if Robert Whitaker's team goes in there and Looking at his wrestling background, I get why you guys can think that, but easier said than done, man. Everybody since the beginning of time in Izzy's career has decided to take him down. Not a lot have achieved that. So we'll see. I think Robert would have to be smart because he's kind of conflict himself there when he goes, you just got to make Izzy come to you. You 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 got to get him to, to, to come in and apply the pressure. Okay, but then you also want to be the aggressor in the wrestling game. So it's a little tough unless the game plan is to counter, which nobody's better in the world at countering than Izzy. But if your game plan is to counter Izzy and when he comes in, you shoot, I think easier said than done. I think Izzy at 85 is is the best we have to offer for a reason. So we'll see, man. Good card overall, though. Uh, You can watch it with your boys at 7 p.m. this Saturday. Calabas fight campaign with the boys and a very special guest. Uh, again, co-main event is Izzy, Robert Whitaker. Co-main event, I'm super excited for Derek Lewis, Taito Avasa. Then you have Jared Cannonier, Derek Bronson, Kyler Phillips, uh, Rojo, Bobby Green. Nazareth is a great fight. Rooting for Bobby Green. Coming off that big win over Ally Quinta. 
And then uh, the prelims are fun as well. Yeah, Andre Arlovski doing the goddamn thing still. Um, Roxanne, it's her last fight. Casey O'Neill, big fan of Casey O'Neill. She's a monster. Mm-hmm. So good fights overall, man. Good fights overall. What do you got, Jen? All right, going back to what you were mentioning earlier with um, Strickland and Costa, which I think is a great fight. Costa recently said something about that. Yeah, so Costa said he's only interested in fighting Vittori again or no one else. He's not interested in anyone else. You know what's tough about Costa? He makes these demands, and he's not in the power position. No. and like He He was horrible the last fight too, man. Terrible. Missing weight like multiple times. He goes, I just said to let – I just said to let the – UFC president Dana White know uh, I'll fight him now it's the only fight that interests me no one else interests me unless it's a fight for the title but I'm no fool I'm not stupid consider a title fight right now all right I want to fight him he's the only viable guy that interests me if not him I'm not even interested in fighting I let Dana White know that mm-hmm. UFC just keeps on keeping <laughs> on man if it's not Vittoria there's no one else in the UFC industry I don't I don't respect him I want to end his life he's an asshole a fool he had this win over me thinks he's the man but he's an asshole child we see he's a goof. He can't even wear shorts the right way. There's a photo of him with his shorts backward, and he still thinks he's the man. All right. But I'll fight him again. I mean, at least I plan to. I'm not saying I want to fight Vittori because he took my place in the ranking. It's not about that. It's because he's an asshole. I have to fight him. I have to race this loss. I want to leave him sidelined for at least a year after beating. I give him. I want to hurt him. I'm angry. Then he says boxing pays more mm-hmm. in the short term, but doesn't have the promotion power the UFC has. Pointing out the UFC heavyweight uh, Francis, who's also in contract dispute with the company over money, is worth at least 20 times more than his disclosed, disclosed purse. Okay. The UFC pays too little but has high promotional power. You have to try to have both. Get what's best from each side, What is, which is what uh, Francis has done. He's the UFC champion, getting paid a bad purse, and now that he's at the top, he's doing the right thing, which is to go after the financial part. So all this just lets me know he's not getting that Vittori fight talking about fighter pay yeah. francis what you gotta become champ and leave the ufc's like all right we're out and you're making demands that ain't happening and this is vittoria's response which i thought was right on point you was in the cage with me for 30 pounds heavier and for real i know a bitch her name felicia she hits harder than you i think it's a bit of uh translation, translation issue yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a shot. He missed weight. He's 30 pounds over. It's like, Vittori right. could have easily said, like, I'm not taking that fight, but he took it and he beat him. Still beat him. Yeah. All so right. you could do Vittori Strickland if you want. I like, I like I, Costa. And I like Strickland. Strickland would be awesome. Costa. Yeah. We'll see if he does it. So this video is too long, but so Sean Strickland at the, uh, <laughs> at the post fight, he was talking to some reporter that I guess – he said, look feminine. Like he was talking about like, you know, oh yeah, you look like you want to bring, you know, take me to bed or something like that. But he was very playful. So you could see his personality Is shine here. Is playful or no? Oh yeah. He, he said like, oh, he said like, uh, uh, you know, a, because of how. It's I, a male reporter. Male reporter. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he just, he talks about gay stuff a lot. But if you hear his personality, he's just joking around. So it's kind of a, a different kind of vibe. It's not like he hates gays or anything. He's right. just playful. Yeah. right? And the guy played back like, you know, with your mom, you know, he's going to hook up with his mom or mm-hmm. something like that. And then he talked to uh, John Morgan. You know John Morgan from MMA Junkie? Yeah, I love John. He's a big dude, right? He's a big dude. Always wears a blue shirt so his son can see him on TV. So he was mentioning how like he didn't go like hardcore in this fight because he had people talking to him as well. Like if you win this fight, you know, you're going to possibly fight for the championship, you know? So then he was telling John Morgan like, imagine you had this house and you, you were full of burgers and you can get to whatever. <laughs> kind of messed up, right? <laughs> Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Oh, he was referencing food. Yeah, like food. You, you would probably you know, work with your, you know, differently to get there, right? And he's like, no, but I love you. Fat shaming is like, 
You, when you love someone, if you want to train with me, I'll, I'll train with you, this and that. So he's like being playful with him as well. That's just his personality. It's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but yeah, that's for the most part. I mean, also in the fight culture, I don't think it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. The issue, and I absolutely love and I support Sean Strickland's uh, behavior. The thing that gets dicey is the MMA media and the rest of the fan base is cool with this. We acknowledge this. This is it's a it's a exclusive because we kind of know his personality. We're all cool with it. Yeah. But you get to the higher levels, and ESPN starts picking it mm -hmm. up, and then TMZ starts picking it up, and they start looking at his background. That's where this becomes an issue. Yeah. Because the the outside of you know your core group, you'll realize people are soft as shit and looking for any reason to be upset. So if you watch this, I'm sure it upset a few people. The fight fans, we love it. We know he's a good person. That's that. You know what? Most of the time, even with Joe Rogan, ninety nine percent of the time, people don't know him. They see a headline, and they want to make assumptions based off a headline, not based off the person. Mm -hmm. But it goes both ways, right? It goes both ways. So for Sean Strickland, he keeps getting more famous. This stuff is going to come out. They're going to attack him. But the people that know him know like he's a good person. Same with Joe Rogan. And then also I think, you know, the left hacking Joe and they've they've you'll see it's been a uh, it's been a calculated attack on Joe, right? And they and it's it's been boiling and it's boiled up to February and they decided to pull the race card in February. That stuff they said has been out forever. Everyone's aware of it. That stuff has been out forever. You don't think when he signed with Spotify, people are aware of this stuff? Of course. This is a calculated attack, and you can see the slow boil. And then it's, you know, Black History Month. What a better time to spark this than Black History Month, you know? And obviously, I don't advocate what he said in any means, and you've never heard me say it, ever. Yeah. I don't fuck with it. Even if it jokes, I don't like comedians do it yeah, I don't on like stage. It. I don't fuck with any mm -hmm. of it. It doesn't make sense. It hurts people's feelings. It's also super polarizing, so... It's kind of like when you talk politics in, in the audience, half people are going to love you, half people are going to hate you. It doesn't make sense to me. You want everybody to love you. So I've never fucked with it. You know, Joe's a grown man, and that was before I knew he was doing that stuff. So, you know, if you look at what's going on with Joe, it's very polarizing. And I think what the right, or if you're a Joe Rogan advocator or supporter, what you don't do, and you're going to start seeing it, I guarantee you start seeing it. And th to me, this is bitch shit is when you want to go, well, what about Howard Stern? What about his background? Should we go and do it? And it's horrible. Way worse oh, than I Joe. saw that. He's crazy, done blackface. Man. He's dropped the N-word. His treatment of women. Like, dude, if you're going to cancel anyone, that would be a shoo-it. That would be easy. And Sirius is going to have a world of questions to answer. That's bitch shit, man. You know, you know how easy it would be for Joe to go, what about Howard Stern? Or you look at The Rock who came out and defended Rogan and then backtrack a little bit, right? And then they're attacking him now. And, yeah. Oh, what about your transphobic rant or your Asian rant you did? Dude, as you can see, left, right, middle, nobody's perfect. But they're not bad people. Mm -hmm. I don't think, listen, I grew up on Howard Stern. He's a, you know, he's a, a trailblazer. He's one of the goats. I used to love him. Can't stand him now. Can't stand him now. He sits on his high tower, critiques everybody after he's made, you know, more money than God and he thinks he's better than everybody. And, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't have access to the hospital. Just crazy shit, man. And he's in his high tower and 
condemning everybody and he's changed his ways and he's no longer the shock jock. He's more of a soy boy leader. But I appreciate what he did back in the day and I don't want to see him get canceled. And the world can't work like that. Oh, this guy said this, but you said this. And then you're doing the same thing that you're talking shit about this side. You're going to do the same thing. I don't think we should work like that. Of course, Howard Stern said some terrible shit back in the day. Times are different now. He's changed. You want to talk about somebody who's changed? Whether you agree with it, better or worse, is it as entertaining? No, not even close. But he's definitely changed. He's dude. He talks about the therapy he's done. He talks about all that stuff. He talks about how he would certain markets. He wanted to be the head guy. He'd go into market. One of the guys commit suicide. He bullied him so bad. He would go in and destroy these markets because he wanted to be the top dog. At the time in the culture, that was acceptable. Those were different times, man. But you talk about a guy who, again, and I don't fuck with him in any facet now, especially once he went bad on Rogan. And I was a serious subscriber. Not anymore, man. I can't stand the guy now. We couldn't be politically opposite. I can't stand him now. He's no longer fun. Now, when he has a celebrity on, still the, I don't have, I don't, I don't hate anybody. I can still separate the two because he's still, to me, the best interviewer in the game. When it comes to celebrities, there's nobody better. Him and Mark Marin are the two best. By f- they're fantastic. Rogan's great too, but he really doesn't do the celebrity interview, does he? He's just conversation. Yeah, yeah he's conversation. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn something from it, but he's not going to have on the big celebrity just to get the views like these guys. That's what they do, and that's fine. Rogan is a different form of entertainment. I can appreciate all of them, but I, I think we got to be careful going, well, this guy did this too, or The Rock did this too. I get it. Well, those clips that you watch with The Rock, he's a different guy now. They shouldn't be lose jobs or businesses or opportunities because of these old weird fucking clips, man. It was a different time. Whether the left, right, middle, you got to look at the person now. Because I and I think the Spotify CEO said it best: goes silence in Joe Rogan doesn't help things. Mm. It doesn't. When you silence these people, it doesn't. And I also I view it like this. And I told Joe this. I talked to him yesterday. I I told Joe this. Spotify is on Joe Rogan's platform. Rogan is not on Spotify's. Don't get it twisted. Rogan can go anywhere in the world. He needs nobody. And we've never seen an animal like this. Not even close. He could go do his own thing, which I hope he does. You know, there's a lot of things he could do. They're not going to cancel him, but I think he only has another year and a half left on his contract. So that's not a ton of time. I think when it's over, Joe's going to realize this stuff only makes him bigger. And right now, right, it's a lot of pressure. Thank God he doesn't pay attention, pay attention to social media and what people are saying about him, right? But you weather this storm, and the people, which is the majority of America in the world, realize Joe's not a bad person. I can list off the amount of people Joe has helped in his life, and it would blow your fucking mind, and you guys have no clue. You have no clue. I don't fuck with bad people. I don't have any person in my life in my circle that is a bad person. Zero. But if you read headlines about certain friends that I have, you probably think I do associate with that. I don't. If any of my friends were actually what the internet or social media thinks of, if they were actually that person, they, dude, I would fucking cancel them so goddamn fast in my life. It's not even funny. I fuck with no bad people. Only good people. Hashtag only good people in my life. Out of all my people in my life, there is not a better person on this earth than Joe Rogan. 
No one has done for more for my career than Joe Rogan. And obviously that's the thing, right? Oh, the only reason you're anywhere is because of Joe. Sure. Again, you know how many people Joe has helped out and they didn't have my career or they didn't use the opportunity and carry, carry it and turn into something great more, more than other people that came successful. So that doesn't bother me. But if I list off the names, black, white, Asian, female, whatever it is, he doesn't, there can be a less, less racist person on this earth than Joe Rogan. I find it hilarious. I find my faith in humanity. I find my faith in uh, mainstream media is completely gone after seeing the way they're treating him. It's insane to me because the media will pick and choose. When you talk about misinformation, are you t tell me who hasn't spread misinformation. Has Joe gone all right? God, no. Who, tell me one major network that you listen to that's gotten every single right during this pandemic. Go, I'll listen. Tell me one person that has had the conversations to move the football down the field more so than Joe Rogan. Does he get all of it right? No, man. That's what makes this great is in real time, hope get it wrong and adjust. It's called being a human being. And you want to silence that? Why do you want to silence it? Why did this, this whole fucking boiling point come to this thing? They've tried everything, right? They've tried it misinformation, transphobic. Now it's racism. They've tried it all, man. And right now it, it, it's at its boiling point and this will pass. And for the rest of America that don't subscribe to what this cancel culture is for the rest of the world that don't subscribe to this toxic, toxic silencing of voices of brilliant minds. Do you know what that does to a guy like Joe Rogan? It makes him bigger. And while CNN views are up or whatever news network you watch, I don't care who it is. They're up using the clickbait of Joe Rogan and trying to hate on him. What happens in a month when this is no longer a story? I'll tell you what happens. Your ratings go back to where you were, where they're not shit. And what happens to Joe Rogan? Well, humans are going to come up with their own ideas and decide and look into it. And they're going to see, oh, he's a great dude. Oh, he's a smart guy. Oh, he's open-minded. Well, he said this a while ago. Now he says that, wow, this is refreshing. Oh, wow, it's an open platform where people can discuss different ideas and have different opinions, but they're still friends. Whoa, this is crazy. Whoa, we had his buddies on there drinking and smoking. Whoa, I've never seen anything like this. What do you think happens to Joe Rogan? Boop, 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 boop. He's at 11 million now. I'd be willing to bet you. I will fucking bet my bottom dollar. When all the shit is done, he's at 20 million per episode. The biggest fucking show of all time. So you're helping him, you morons. So Spotify, is, when you look at it, is on Joe Rogan's programming. Everybody else on that thing, everybody else ain't shit. Nobody has the power that he has. Nobody's having the conversations have because they can't. They don't have the open mind. They have an agenda. They have to have entertaining guests. Rogan needs none of that. He'll have a fucking sleep expert on and get more views than you. And I hated that episode. <laughs> so how do you think this ends? What do you think is going to happen? I will bet my last fucking dollar on it. Rogan comes out on top. Bet against him, man. Let me know how it goes for you. Because again, this will be over in a month. 
and you cowards that refuse to say anything because you're worried about your bottom dollar and you have an agenda. We'll see what happens. And you want to side with Neil Young? You know, you know he makes money selling his catalog, correct? He's not anti-Joe Rogan. He's pro-money. He's pro-capitalism. He went to Amazon. Do you know just recently he sold his catalog for $150 million, his back catalog. Neil Young's not making music. He's not streaming new music. Anybody, anybody under fucking 67 years old gives a flying fuck about Neil Young. It's all his old catalog. This was his way of using Joe Rogan as a launching, launching pad to get to the money he needed to get. And he went to Amazon. But you're going to sit on a, your higher, higher moral ground and consider that a better opportunity because of the Joe Rogan spread misinformation? You know they have R. Kelly on Spotify, correct? Are you cool with what he did? You didn't say anything about that. You're cool. They still have Bill Cosby content on there. Are you cool with that? You didn't say anything about that. So your moral high ground doesn't mean shit. This was a money play. That's all this is, is a money play. Look into it. I'll use a famous Eddie Bravo quote. Look into it. And again, I will bet you any amount of money. Who do you think comes out on top? These bottom feeders who want to criticize and cancel Joe Rogan, who's one of the smartest minds, one of the kindest souls we've ever had on this fucking planet, doesn't need to be, doesn't need anybody. Just look at his body of work, what he's done with comics. The comics he gives it super opportunities to. Open and form in front of arenas, males, females. I won't say her name. He had a female who was just starting comedy, and he had her hosting Rogan and Friends, sold out shows four nights a week, then brought her in front of fucking arenas. Not because it's the cool thing to do, and he wanted to mix it up and have a female voice, because she's fucking funny, and that's the way business and comedy should work. The funniest person, I don't give a fuck if you're trans, Chinese, gay, fat, skinny, in shape, tattooed, cauliflower ears, I don't give a fuck. If you're funny, you should get up there over the people that aren't funny, even though they might be a different race. They might be a different sexual orientation. That's not the way comedy works. That's not the way sports works. That's the way Hollywood works. And how's that going for you? How's it going for you guys? We have the power now. And when the talent realizes we have the power, you guys are fucked straight up. We don't need anybody. We need nobody. You guys need us. But you're going to have your puppets that play the game and have to play the game. That'd be around for a little bit. But we're moving the marker. And it starts with Joe Rogan. And we're moving the marker with the guy who's smarter, more talented, more kind, not racist, and richer than you. I'll bank on that guy. While the rest of you sit behind your keyboard and your boardrooms and criticize. Because you know what we're not going to do is go, well, look at what Howard Stern said. Look what The Rock said, because that's not moving the needle. All that does is cancel those guys. We need those guys. I think Rock's a fantastic person. I think the message and the hope that he gives people is fantastic. I root for that meathead. I'm a meathead. I think Joe Rogan has changed the narrative on meatheads. But you guys must say, oh, he's just this meathead. Is he? Yeah, he works out, man. Yeah, he has a lot of muscle. I hate to tell you he's smarter than you. He's more open-minded than you. He's 
changing the world for the better. Silence him makes this worse. If you have kids, and I have two, I have a five and two-year-old. Do you want to come up in a world where the voices that are different than your mainstream media get silenced because they don't have an agenda and can't sell your fucking vaccines? Is that what you want? Or would you like an open playing field where your kids can learn and listen from this perspective, this perspective, and then come up with their own decision? Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound great? Whether you agree with what Rogan has said in the past, whatever it is, wouldn't you like a world where your children grow up and they're not sheep and can listen to different perspectives and then come up with their own identity instead of pushing a false narrative? Wouldn't that be great? Well, you have a guy who's doing that and you're trying to silence him and the world will not be better you silence him. And I hate to tell you, but you can't silence him. This is a fight you guys will not win in any facet. You're making him bigger. He's on every fucking major headline in the world right now. And what's going to happen is even people that don't fuck with him, let's say it's 100 million people. If 100 million people don't fuck with him and they see the headlines and they tune in, this guy's pretty smart. This guy's pretty open-minded. Wow, he's actually really kind. Oh, he's a dad? Yeah, he's a dad. Father of three. Oh, wow. He's self-made. He's self-made, man. Holy shit. He's on the biggest deal in podcast history? Yeah, man. Yep, didn't even plan on it. Just started doing it. Just started doing it from his fucking bedroom. And it blew up to the biggest, most powerful show in the world. Why is that? Is it because he's this hateful character? Hate never wins. Never wins. I can list off a, a bunch of comics and podcasters where all they do is hate on other individuals. Their numbers aren't great. They don't do well on the road. You have a small demo that fucks with that. But in general, the big boys... The guys who make it in this business are kind-hearted, they're open-minded, and they're good people. For the majority of them, they're great fucking dads. And I, you base a person, I don't give a fuck what business they're in, what professional they're in, you judge them based off the way they treat their kids. Joe Rogan has taught me so much in life, more than anybody else in my life, more so than anybody I've ever had in my life. And you know what he does? He leads by example. He's the best dad I know. I'm a fucking beast of a dad. I pride myself on that. I learned that from Joe Rogan. Open-minded, apologizing. You got to be careful with apologizing, though, because that's what they want, right? You go too much, you lose this fan base. Apologize for your mistakes, but don't apologize for being who you are. But again, this meathead can apologize for previous mistakes because he's open-minded and he's smart enough to know he's made a mistake. When other people double down and never back down, that's not Joe Rogan. When I tell you guys, you're not going to win this fight. You're fucking with a different animal that has a bunch of other fucking lions running with him. And we don't need Hollywood. We don't need any of you. And our leader is the smartest, kindest, open-mindedest, non-racist, non-transphobic, guy you've ever met in your life and he has all the money so your fucking move man what else you got jen deep man all right 
back to the fights um, or fight news. I don't want to get into the Rogan stuff. I said I was going to save it for a fight it's campaign, interesting. but sometimes I got to run with it, man. I mean, you know, we talked about the Strong Strickland stuff, and that's, that's what popped it off. So it's all good, man. It was authentic, natural. This is a stuff. phase. We're in a phase right now. When we come out of this fire and we dust ourselves off, who do you think's going to last, man? It's not the people trying to silence other people or have an agenda that we can sniff that out. It's never been more clear. If I'm a major net, if I'm CNN, I'm Fox, I'm anybody, Netflix, the NBA, these huge organizations, when you have an agenda and people can smell it, how's it going for you? Ratings are down. People aren't fucking with you. And I'm not even a huge Trump guy, not any facet. He polarized the nation. I like, I like some of his stuff more so than the left, for sure. Some of his policy, stuff like that, I fuck with that. I don't like any of them. I think they're all narcissists. I don't like any politicians. You got to be fucking crazy to be a politician. They're all fucking narcissists. They're crazy, you know? Mm. But, when, but over 70 million people voted for Trump. And I, it could have been anybody. But I think the reason they vote for Trump because it's transparency. He's not, he's not playing like the other politicians do. People are looking for authentic human beings. Because we need it now more than ever. And you don't silence the authentics. And why do you think they want to silence them? Because they want their agendas. I'm not conspiracy guy. This isn't conspiracy. This is Hollywood. This is politics. And I'm telling you, I have kids, man. It bothers the shit out of me. You want to silence Joe Rogan? Are you out of your goddamn mind? You can't. He's uncancelable. Hate to tell you. You should have tried seven years ago. You've let him get too big. His fan base knows him. And there's millions and millions and millions and millions upon millions of people that know Joe Rogan because he's a podcaster, comic. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He cries for his friends. He cries for me when I fought in the UFC. He said, this is too stressful, man. I care too much about you. You got to get the fuck out. He's a real person. Anybody else you see in the spotlight, do you know shit about these Anderson Cooper or Tucker Carlson or Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, do any of these other names that have a voice in the space, do you know shit about them? No. The reason people fuck with me is, I was just in Atlanta at the Tough Mudder. There's so many dads who come out to my shows. They relate to me off being a dad. I talk about my kids. I'm very proud of them. I've been told from day one, from the most famous names in the game, don't post your family. Ah, that's the most important thing though, man. I like, to wear, I like to show what I'm proud of. Nothing makes me more proud than my kids. I post my fucking kids. Mm -hmm. ah, it's a dangerous world out there. I get it. I take the necessary steps to protect them, but this is me, man. I don't want to be part of social media if I can't post that. Now, some people just go, check please, and they get out. And that doesn't help either. Like Aquafina, you know her? I yeah. love Aquafina. Mm -hmm. They're coming after her for her black accent. Mm -hmm. Now, if you watch a show or an interview with Aquafina, she's this insane talent. She's so fucking talented. That's the reason why Hollywood scooped her up. Yeah. She blew the fuck up fast. If you would just take the time to look into her background, you realize she grew up in an urban environment. And all she was was mimicking those around her. That's all this is. She's not stealing from the black culture. She doesn't mean to do it. 
She's a product of her environment growing up in New York around fucking urban people. And that's why her accent's that way. She's not a bad person. And it, it hurts me to see her go, I'm getting away from social media. Twitter, yeah. I hate that. No, you fucking double down. You tell your story. Because the people that ride with you, that pay your bills, that pay tickets, you know, when you're on Mulan, she was, or not Mulan, what, what was the fucking, Raya? She was the dragon voice on Raya. My kids fucking love her, man. They love Raya. They love the dragon. The dragon's hilarious. Aquafina's hilarious. Her show on Comedy Central, she's a monster. You guys are applying so much pressure to good people, they're tapping out. And a lot of these artists and stuff, they're sensitive, and they're going to tap out. Who's not going to tap out? Sean Strickland. He's going to stay true to himself. And we fucks with that. Good or bad, I don't agree with anything he says, but I appreciate how he's authentic. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you who's not going to tap out, and I will promise you to my fucking last dollars, Joe Rogan. You met an animal that you can't beat. You've let him get too big. He's too strong. He's too powerful. And it's not because he's pushed this agenda or this agenda. It's because he's a good person. And you guys know him. He's been podcasting longer than any of us. He's the godfather of huge podcasts. It's him, Mark Marin, Corolla, Howard Stern. Obviously, he's a, a disc jockey. He came up on radio, but similar. He's talking. And why, do you guys, why did you guys fuck with Howard Stern from the beginning? Because he was a savage man, and he was himself. And Joe Rogan is a savage, and he's himself. He hunts. He's a great dad. He's seen more fucking concussions than anybody in this world, you know? And he rides that line. He's a guy, and he wears a hard on his sleeve, and he buys cars, he moved to Texas. He doesn't subscribe to what you think is. He, he's a Bernie Sanders fan. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I couldn't believe you had him on. But that's him, because he likes him. You look at his guest, Alex Jones. You know, I wouldn't have Alex Jones on. I, I, I don't, that Sandy Hook stuff is appalling to me. I don't fuck with any of that. But Joe Rogan goes, he's a good dude, man. He fucked up, and he knows he fucked up. He's a good dude. Huh? That makes sense. Joe still rides for him. How many of you out there, if you're in Joe Rogan's spot or my position, would still ride with your friends when the rest of the world says not to? And why does he do it? Because we know them. You don't. I don't fuck with anyone in my life who's a bad person. Nobody. Nobody. There's not a fucking chance, man. Life is too short to run with bad people. And I have kids, man. You think I'd bring them around my kids if they're bad people? Not a fucking chance. Joe Rogan's the exact same. And that's why we will always come out on top. The good guy always wins. They say good guys finish last. That's so old, man. Good guys finish first. It just takes longer. What do you got, Jen? Okay, so back to Sean Strickland, but his coach. Uh, you, you already mentioned that the, the scorecard was kind of odd for one of the judges, Sal Diamato. And then this is Strickland's I, I don't coach. trust him just because of his teeth. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't see his teeth. Go up his teeth. I don't trust that guy. Oh, can't yeah, trust some teeth. I'm with his coach. <laughs> Based off his teeth. You got it, man. Uh, this is Eric Nixick. Not even one meter member scored it for Jack. I know we won, but if this guy's still judging, he will continue to make bad decisions and ultimately cost fighters a criticism. I agree. You can't, you can't have it. And, the, and there's no, nobody holds their feet to the fire. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh man, terrible decision. All right, next week, UFC 271, Sal Automato, or whatever the fuck his Sal name Diamato. is. Sal Automato. He's yeah. messed up before, too. Of so. course. Yep. But and there's no repercussions. There's nothing. No one talks to him. It's just like, oh, another bat. It's the craziest thing in my it's the craziest thing in my life. In the NFL, it was during the Cincinnati Raiders game. They made a terrible call. Terrible call. Resulted in a touchdown. Cincinnati won the Super Bowl now. Love it. I can't. I love Jeff Burrow. Or, uh, Burrows. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Fucking love Joe Burrow. Love the guy. Love his attitude. Love everything about him. Glad he's in the Super Bowl. They probably shouldn't have been. They probably should have lost that first game against the Raiders. You know what the NFL did? The entire uh, referee mm. yanked him. You're out. No way, man. These games are too important. You really fucked up. You're out. What if we gave, you know, I, there should be some sanctioned body that looks at the refereeing and fights and especially don't even start on fucking boxing but in mma i don't care about boxing i don't i'll straight up tell you i don't give a fuck about boxing when i was showtime they would have edited this out i've always talked like this <laughs> hate to tell you guys i've always said that i don't give a fuck i like the jake paul stuff i like what he's doing i like the big major pay-per-views when it's a heavyweight i like when it's joshua wilder fury fury is my favorite fighter in mma or boxing i fucking love fury because he's authentic i love that I love when Canelo fights outside that Tank Davis, uh, Lemachenko. Outside that, I don't give a fuck. Neither do you guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it what it is. What we it don't is. give a fuck, do we? It's not as entertaining as MMA. But in MMA, how is there not a, a sanctioned body that calls this Sal guy out and goes, dude, what are you doing? We watched the fight. How the fuck did you come up with that? You got a six month suspension, man. Suspension, exactly. That's six months. Yeah. Don't do this again. Mm-hmm. Happens again. You got a year suspension. Happens. You get three strikes. Happens a year. You're out. Just like it. a fighter. Yeah. Perfect. Hold them accountable, like we do the fighters. Yeah. Fighters uh, test positive. Six months, depending. Right. Yeah. Year, you do it again. Years. It's even bigger. Mm-hmm. Bigger year. They do it if they're fucking taking all the juice. It's two years. But the refs can just make mistake. What other job? What other profession can you just make? horrible mistakes and then work the next week yeah if i go on stage wednesday night at the improv and i eat dicks they're not having me back for quite some time (laughs) if i went to atlanta this past weekend and ate all the dicks they ain't booking me next year there's no profession where if you don't do your job at a high level you can just keep on keeping on it's only these shitty refs and what's insane is they have the ability to affect the pay and the income of these fighters who are scrounging for fucking pennies, man. It's nuts. Six months suspension, that fucking idiot. Yeah, at least. Six months suspension. Here's some fucking money to get your teeth fixed. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what else you got? Also pay and also their future, like the trajectory of their future. It's not One decision can mess it up. It's nuts. Yeah. Nuts. All right. Oh, this is actually pretty cool. One of the fighters got a hundred thousand dollar bonus because his fu- the other fighter missed weight for his oh, fight of the cool. night. Yeah, that was pretty dope. My boy made some bank. Yeah, your boy Ben Rothwell, Rothwell, mm. and Alexander Gustafson in heavyweight are fighting a UFC fight night. Damn, May twenty first. I love so that's his return. I can't. Rothwell's still doing the goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Rothwell's so big. That's a fun fight. Yeah. Okay, this I thought was interesting as well. So Chad Mendez was discussing how the BKFC, he, he'll be making more money there than Nganu made in his last fight. 
So you're saying is that guaranteed more. or is that only off pay-per-view sales? I think I'll he said this way. I just saw the UFC heavyweight champion of the world just got paid. It's gonna be more than that. It's pretty crazy. I feel blessed. Oh, that's cool. Maybe just his actual pay. I don't think he's getting like pay-per-view points. I don't. I don't no idea. But then he also says he got he have sponsorships too, so that's gonna make a lot of money as well. Yeah, I get it. You know, France is making good money off sponsors too. I'd be interested to see with with France's sponsors and his pay per view if Chad still makes more. Either way, it's an issue. But I mean, Chad could wear the even if there. even if it's even fucking close, it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the best man on the fucking planet, you got to pay the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one? He could wear stuff in in the actual cage too, which yeah. is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Or ring, whatever that is. So Gilbert Burns teased that uh, he's gonna have a fight with Shemaev on April 9th. Dude, I do not like that fight for Gilbert. <laughs> So it says training camp officially started, and then so I assume it's gonna get announced soon. Shemayev said Gilbert, 9th of April. God, Hamzat's such a. He just went dude. went from here, oh, dude. to the top. I don't know who the fuck's gonna beat. <laughs> I know. I don't think Gilbert's gonna beat him. Sorry, Gilbert. I don't think so either. Now, yeah. So Holloway's cleared. He had like an undisclosed injury. That's why he had to pull out of the Volkanovski fight. So he's cleared, and he's actually. Willing to get ready to be a backup for the Chen Sun Jung Korean Zombie oh, and cool. Volkanovski fight. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I want your opinion on. So Bruce Buffer, you kind of mentioned something similar, but not I did. to this thing. Not yeah. <laughs> so this is Bruce Buffer talking about if Ngano decides to leave the UFC. Okay. Here you go. Bruce says it would be stupid to go your own way. The UFC is the NFL. Uh, no offense to other organizations, but you become irrelevant when you leave the UFC after a while to a degree. Yeah. There's some truth to that, right? There's 100% mm-hmm. truth. For 99% of the fighters, there's truth to that. Now, can you make more money off just your straight fight purse? 100%. There's no argument there. You can make more money in other organizations if you're a big enough name. The reason why Francis is different and Bruce is wrong on this, and you know I love you, Bruce. He did the commercial for my fucking special. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I love um, Bruce, he's right, and I'm with you. You leave the UFC, you just go off to this obscurity, and you know you you make more money. But in the long run, I'd be willing to bet you don't make as much money because nobody knows you're fighting, and mm-hmm. you know you're. I'm sure you walk down the street, everyone's like, "Oh, what are you doing these days?" No one really pays attention to other leagues. Trust me. Um, the only caveat here with Francis is Francis has the opportunity to fight Tyson Fury. So Francis is the one outlier here where if he leaves the UFC, and I know for a fact that Francis is a real fight and it's going to happen, you know, you're talking about $40, $50 million, and it will be watched way more than any fight you could have in the UFC. So that's the caveat here. I agree with Bruce in general. Fighters that leave, we never hear from them again, even though they're making more money. And it's probably better in their household and for their kids and all that shit. That's great. I fucks with that. Thank God there's other places to go. But for Francis, the caveat is I can leave and I can make not only way more money, but also get way more famous fighting Tyson Fury. So if the, if the boxing route was an opportunity for Francis, Bruce is 100% correct here. But the truth of the matter is, it is. And it's very viable and it's very real. Tyson wants that fight. They're in communications with the team. I know this for a fact. I know for a fact Tyson called his team after the last fight. There's nothing more Tyson wants than the Francis fight. So it's going to happen. 
you're telling me that a Francis Tyson Fury fight wouldn't beat a Francis Stipe three fight? Come on. Yeah. So Bruce is off on this. Yeah. But in general, Bruce, Bruce is correct, especially Agreed. on that stance. And also Francis left on top, which a lot of fighters, they leave when they're starting to like lose a lot. But even, but even Francis leaving on top, if the Tyson Fury fight wasn't an actual opportunity that's going to come to fruition, mm-hmm. I agree. Even if you leave on top, you're still, you're no man's land. Yeah. America, especially America, we do not, if you're not in the UFC, we do not care. Bring up any other organization's numbers, <laughs> even compared to a fucking Tuesday night series contender on Dana White's ESPN Plus. Those beat those major cards bellator once all these other organizations have you sign the ufc is the nfl to a fucking t dude so even if francis were to leave and go say to rise in or one championship or bellator as the champ and make more money that's fine but you're not in the ufc we don't care we don't hate to tell you guys we don't it's a shame all right, so this is Anthony Johnson. Anthony Rubble Johnson's response to Bruce. It says, Bruce needs to stay off the crack. How's anything Ill- irrelevant when providing food and shelter for a family? See, so he goes, oh, by the way, I got paid way more for moving to another organization. Bruce has the guaranteed money so he can talk. Fighters have to wait and actually entertain people when they get the chance to make some money. Again, from Rumble's perspective, he's right. He left and made more money. You're not addressing the point that Bruce is making. When you left, you didn't get more famous. You made more money. Bruce isn't arguing that you're not going to make more money. Neither am I. You might make more money. You might have a better contract. You might. What we're saying is you're not in the spotlight anymore. You're making more money, but you're irrelevant because you're not getting the promotion of the UFC. He's right. I see why Anthony would be upset. Of course. He's he's not arguing the point Bruce made. Bruce isn't saying you're not going to make more money. He's not saying you're not going to provide for your family and stuff like that and shelter. We're not saying any of that. I'm saying if you're not in the UFC, people don't pay attention. That's what I'm saying. Definitely not as much. And I'd love to see the numbers that prove otherwise. Ego. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's go to this one. I'm sure you're excited about this. They finally announced the time that Amanda Nunes. Speaking of irrelevant. (laughs) I mean, Julian Pena and Amanda Nunes, huge names. Both yeah. relevant as fuck. We're talking I'm about the show. The show so irrelevant. If you want to be forgotten about, be the coach of the mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, you would get more views just making an appearance on fucking Tuesday Night Contender Series. Nobody's watching the Ultimate Fighter. Nobody. I don't get it's why they're still so doing weak. It, but whatever. I don't know why they need to do it. it has to be a con- contractual thing. Must be. So they're going to do it. It's going to go on. It's going to debut Tuesday, May third, and then after that, they'll do the rematch. Sure. Yeah near future so that's the good part the rematch mm-hmm. um so another quick one on there's a few on women's image just quick ones here amanda knew that she remember she left suddenly from att did her own gym mm-hmm. and remember i said the caveat here is if she leaves does the team go with her you can start your own gym but if you have the same coaches we're all good now if you leave and none of them come with you, you have all new staff that's where this gets dicey okay not sure about who the coach is going to be but she said she wants to become a coach so that's why she wants to kind of start off brand new and it's going to be like a private gym rather oh, that's than cool. a public like, gym. like ruka ruka does that now yeah and that's cool. i'm still curious about it which, which coaches are involved yeah then i'll make an opinion cluster shields asked on that'd this be great. yeah i'll just ask, play it real ask, quick uh, that'd be great for her so who knows such a good coach Oh, show me her wrist. That's what I want. 
Like, I feel like I'm missing, like, that's the biggest part I'm missing right now. Like, I feel like, of course, boxing, we on point. I can throw good kicks and I can check kicks and recognize when they're uh, coming. Um, it's just with the wrestling, like, the level change. You go from up here from fighting and then they go for your legs. And you got to be able to recognize that and go for the sprawl and stop the takedown. So I really want to work with here with Sabuto. That'd be cool. I'm with yeah, him. She's a smart move. Henry's working with everyone now. Yeah, he's a beast. Shout out to Henry Sudo. Another quick one here. This is Davis Figueroa saying he wants to change the game up with the lighter weights. And then for the next three match, he's saying a million dollars payday for him. I'd have to see what their numbers did the first one. I'm sure the UFC saying the same thing. What else you got? And then, uh, so Brandon Moreno responded with this. I had to go to Google Translate. A million, a... And pay-per-view points when they don't want to see you even at your house so he's basically saying you don't want this fight oh that's it he's like dude i thought it's like what no he's he's like you're making all these demands you just don't want the fight Uh, okay okay you know damn well we ain't get a million plus pay-per-view points come on that's what he's saying he's like dude come on you just don't want the fight when guys give it's basically like uh uh costa being like you know i only want this or i'm out it's like okay you just don't want to fight yeah yeah gotcha all right, just a quick one now. I'm a little late to this, but did you see Cyril gone playing basketball? Uh-uh. Isn't this is good? pretty damn impressive. He's athletic as shit. Oh, yeah. So here's him doing a slam dunk at some area. <laughs> oh, it's too easy for him. Yeah, and then I saw more footage here. Can he shoot? You can shoot, watch. Yeah, damn. I don't like how it says Cyril gone plays basketball like a pro. You ever seen a pro? <laughs> I mean, he's making shots with no one in his face. I know. And then check this last one out. I thought this was the most impressive. So Jesus Christ. I don't know for a fact, but everyone's saying that's him. That's got to be him, right? That's it looks him just like him. Yeah, 100% that's him. Why the fuck wouldn't that be him? He's stupid athletic. Boom. Too easy for him. Yeah, he's a monster. He's, he's he, athletically, he's the best in the UFC. Super Hands athletic. Down. The size and stuff. Uh-huh. If only he wasn't born in France, he'd be playing D line for the fucking Bengals right now, <laughs> making stupid money. But you grew up in France and they don't play that there, so he can punch the face for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but crazy. Yeah, he's skills. a freak. Is that it? That's it. All right, kids. UFC 271 is this mother trucking Saturday. Izzy versus Robert Whitaker. Your co-main event, Derek Lewis, tied to Avasa. There will be a fight companion, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, super special guest, and myself starts at 7 p.m. only on Thick Boy YouTube. The audio feed will be up later, but uh, to watch it live with us, 7 p.m. available only live on Thick Boy YouTube. Uh, other than that, man, bunch of fighting kids. Uh, we got a bunch of Calabasas, uh classic fight companions this week. We have the big Super Bowl, Thick Boy uh, football Super Bowl companion. I will release news on that once the graphics are ready to go. It is completely different than anything you guys are used to. It's me, and it is not Brian. It's not Chris. It is two very, very special guests I think you guys will be excited about. That will be streaming as well. I think at 3 p.m. Pacific Sunday, Super Bowl companion not in thick boy studio it's a really big event so i'm excited for that i will announce that as we get closer um cats after dark is available right now on thick boy youtube and audio as well and uh yeah man we're doing the goddamn thing uh this wednesday shop and friends uh 30 tickets left shop and friends chris Delia, brian callen jeff dyes pal lacy um we got monsters there we got monsters shop and friends one show only 8 p.m 30 tickets left 
Hollywood, uh, California, Hollywood Improv, Wednesday night, February 9th. And then uh, on sale right now, Sacramento, California is February 24th through 26th. Sacktown, come get some. I'm at the punchline with the crew, February 24th through 26th. Just announced is Nashville, Tennessee. Zanies, one of my favorite clubs in the world. That is Zanies, Nashville, Tennessee, March 10th through the 12th. Then Chicago is March 24th through the 26th. Get your tickets right now at thickboy.com. And also subscribe to the Supercast. Go to thickboy.com for any of the merch, any of my show tickets, thickboy.com. The Supercast is there. Click on the premium uh, shows, and you can go from there. The reason I went with Supercast is because it is the by far the easiest subscription thing to do. It uploads already to your feed, whether it's Spotify, iTunes. We send you a link to watch the video ad-free. We have exclusive content on there. All my shows are ad-free. Just go to thickboy.com, click on the premium content, and sign up from there. It's easy to do. All right? All right, kids. Love you. Hollywood, I'll see you this Wednesday. Sack, you're up at the end of the month. Love you guys. Till next time, stay thick.